Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Chris Delano. And I'm Carrie Thomas. And some people think you're a failure when you like quit magic once and then come back. And then you quit magic again and you come back. But I've done it twice. I haven't done it five times. That'd be pretty embarrassing. But anyways, the new Magic the Gathering comic is out. Um, it is... <laughs> Another attempt at Magic Comics has over 20 <laughs> variant covers. <laughs> Some of them were successful, kinda. Some like, of them. They made a bunch of Armada ones, right? Yeah, and then they got discontinued. <laughs> that's that's still more than Trials of Alara. Yes, this is supposedly an ongoing series. Um, no end in mind. It will just be a comic for as long as it exists as a comic. And it is produced by Boom. It is... Yeah, there's over 20 variant covers. Go check them out, because a lot of them just have cool art. They're really good. I've enjoyed the first issue. I know we're covering the first issue and each issue afterwards on this podcast at some point or another, but we have to get through Strixhaven first, but worth mentioning. The The first issue is out, uh, so you can check out a local shop, comic shop, to get it. You can find them online to order and if you want them digitally, it is available on Comixology. That's where I got it, because I don't like leaving my house. Uh, also, it's still the middle of a pandemic. But uh, I, yeah, I, I really liked it, too. We're going to save a lot of thoughts on it for uh, an episode about the comic. But uh, it's, it's neat. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm optimistic about it. I think it has started really well. See... You can't keep saying things, though, because you're going to lure me into talking about the comic, and this is not the comic episode. <laughs> uh, I have not read it yet, and I ordered two copies of it, both uh, the Rowl and Tomek variant cover, one in color, one in line work. Uh, so don't spoil any talk about it. We should talk about something else, because we have other news to share that won't spoil the comics. <laughs> in a really unfortunate bout of scheduling so we recorded uh an episode on our first thoughts of about magic legends and literally the day two day after two days after we recorded but before we released it they announced a big update where they were gonna fix a lot of the problems we had with it <laughs> so um they announced all these changes and then we had an episode dragging a lot of things uh because we were pretty harsh uh which is you know, the game literally had just launched an open beta, and that happens. They've rolled out a lot of updates, uh, including, I believe, I saw performance updates on there, uh, which is pretty early for performance updates, and that's cool. But uh, well, when the performance is that bad, but you know, they they streamlined the tutorial stuff. They've made some spell acquisition stuff a lot easier. It it looks like they have tweaked a lot of. Uh, good stuff, which is really good to see this early in an open beta because it means they are very actively and aggressively listening to their playtesters. Because uh, I'm not going to call them players because this is a beta. <laughs> and if you want to hear my thoughts on open betas, you can go listen to that episode. Um, uh, and uh, what is this? Do, do, do. Uh, Strixhaven Magic Story is still ongoing, so if you want to read it, to read that as it is being released, episode four will be out this week. Yes, uh, we are, we are we did week one of story uh, last week. Uh, we are doing flavor gems this week, and then next week we'll back be back with the uh, rest of the four weeks of Strixhaven story, uh, which I've been enjoying so far. 
With that, we're going to launch into Flavor Gems for Strixhaven and the Mystical Archives. Just as a clarification to set expectations, we will not be talking about the cards um, previewed in the Strixhaven Commander decks. As of this recording, we still have one more deck to be previewed, and we weighed, hey, do we want to go through the decks that have been revealed already and just say, oops, sorry, Witherbloom people, you're not going to get mentioned at all anyway, or... Um, do we want to just not talk about them? And uh, given that we're talking about a regular card set plus a small expansion, we were like, we only have so much time, so screw it. We're not going to talk Commander. Um, but there's some really good stuff in there, so maybe one day. We might talk about it uh, like as an aside and like our final thoughts on another episode. So always listen to the end where you can get our final thoughts. Yeah. Good plug. <laughs> And uh, so we're going to start this Flavor Gems off with um, the Planeswalkers in this set. Uh, we have four Planeswalker cards covering five Planeswalker characters. Uh, the first up are our two main heroes of this story, Rowan, Scholar of Sparks, and Will, Scholar of Frost. They are on either side of a modal DFC. So you can cast Rowan on the front side, and then if you draw a second copy, you can cast Will on the back side. But unlike their Battle Bond cards, which had Partner, and unlike their Eldraine card, where they were just both represented on the same piece of cardboard on the same side, uh, this one has them functioning individually. And, you know, th this makes sense as the twin Planeswalkers who share a spark, but also I think is a really su good subtle mechanical design into how these characters exist within this story. Strixhaven is a world of opposing forces, oppositional forces. We have five uh, enemy-colored schools that are literally, literally exist because the world was created when two planes smashed together and the mana overlaid in such a way that opposing enemy colors came in contact and fought each other. Rowan and Will exist in this set. You know, they are a red planeswalker and a blue planeswalker. They're an enemy color pair. And one of the things that's been hinted at in the story so far, which we talked about last week, is that uh, their magic doesn't work as well together as it did on Kylum or on Eldraine. And the story of the set is them being in college and being their own people. College is a time of self-discovery, of coming into yourself as an adult, of uh, finding out who you are, who you want to be in the future. And uh, each of them is doing that, and their paths are diverging in, in some ways. Uh, they are still linked with their spark, so uh, it, it's that's that's their big tension in this set, and having them... Not being able to control both of them at the same time with one card, I think, is a really good subtle design there. And we have Kazmina, Enigma Sage. Kazmina is the person who invited Ronan Will to Strixhaven because she wants to uh, test and observe them. Uh, she is also spying on Luca, who is here. Uh, she is, as her name says, very enigmatic. We don't exactly know her motives. We are unsure whose side she's on or what she's up to. She is uh, somehow both in the shadows and very present around some of the characters. And uh, the the best way I can describe her is like if you if you took Professor X and Magneto and smushed them together, that's Kazmina. Then we have uh, a new character, Professor Onyx, uh, who is uh, our, our, our first time seeing this character ever. Uh, she is a Witherbloom, Witherbloom professor. Uh, she teaches uh, Rowan and Will in one of their introductory courses. 
And uh, she is here on Strixhaven uh, because uh, she is looking for a spell to revive Gideon Jura. Like, not just a zombie, but just fully bring someone back to life, reconstructed down to their spark. I don't know why she would want to do that. She's a new character. She has no history anywhere. Uh, so uh, who knows where she knows Gideon from? Uh, I hope we find out one day. Uh, and then we have uh, Luca Wayward Bonder, who is on the backside of uh, Mila Crafty Companion, who is a fox. And uh, Luca is coming off of his grand betrayal on Ikoria. The city of Dranath turned their backs on him, and his fiance turned her back on him. And uh, he's going to get revenge on everybody once he figures out what the hell to do with his life. Uh, he is now a mage, which he wasn't before. With the, uh, he has awoken as a bonder. He has uh, absorbed power from the Ozolith. Uh, he still can still extend uh, his my this empathic connection with uh, animals in the area and control them. And um, he is trying to find himself here. And uh, lost arrogant pricks uh, get radicalized really easily. So he gets taken up by this uh, secret society of mages called the Auric and uh, gets very unsubtly manipulated into uh to uh their fight against strixhaven uh he's also the worst <laughs> he's just such a terrible awful human being uh i'm glad that he's on the back side of an adorable creature so i never have to look at him if i open a pack it's fun because uh mila is on the front side um she is a uh com- uh and a, a legal commander uh, which means you can build a Luca theme deck in Commander for all the people who want to do that. <sighs> you know there's one person out there. I, I have a Nicol Bolas theme deck, and I, I still think that that's better than Luca. And Nicol okay, Bolas, Bolas is... is Bolas is likable, though. <laughs> that's true. All right, so Legends. We're not going to like go super in-depth on all of them, but uh, this set features Elder Dragons, uh, a cycle of five. They are the founders of the five colleges of Strixhaven. This is our first ever cycle of enemy color dragons. Not Elder Dragons, dragons of any kind in magic history. Took us 28 years to get here. 28 years to get a cycle of enemy color dragons. Before this, I think the only enemy color pair dragons even existed in was is it so we have uh shadric silver quill galazeth prismari belladross witherbloom velomachus lorehold and tanazir quandrix uh and they're neat there there isn't a whole lot of lore about them they are born of the snarls these uh nexuses of enemy colored mana pair uh they ended the blood age which was this period of brutal war uh, and then they uh, founded Strixhaven. They exist. Uh, we have five students that all have legendary, uncommon legendary creature cards. Um, and uh, there's one for each school. And then each student has an associated set of um, three cards that are part of a, a short little story arc for them. Um, so first up is Killian Ink Duelist in Silver Quill. Uh, he is the son of one of the deans, uh, Ambrose, who is the um, black-aligned dean in Silverquill, who's uh, very harsh and very mean and demanding. He pressures Killian into not only academic excellence, but 
studying, you know, being the next in the family line of uh, ink casters, of black aligned um, ink mages. Killian hates this. Lash of Malice and Crushing Disappointment kind of show Killian's resistance to this. Uh, but in the end, Killian realizes that, like, hey, I can do my own thing, and I want to do my own thing. And uh, in Beaming Defiance, we have Killian kind of uh, taking his own identity for himself. We don't have time in this episode to unpack all of that. Uh, if you exist on Magic Twitter, we have seen a lot of Asian American Magic players very upset, and some not. There's been a, a lot of discussion about Killian, uh, who is um, an Asian character, uh, and the uh, tiger parent trope. It's a big mess. So the side stories for the set are covering the students. So at some point, we will have more time to delve into all of that. But we don't have time here. But speaking of side stories, we have we have one side story for a student so far as of this recording, and that's uh, Rutha. Rutha, mercurial artist. Rutha is an artist who struggles with her work. She can never make any art that is satisfactory to herself. Uh, so the cards uh, Sudden Breakthrough and Start from Scratch are, are her trying to make things, destroying them in anger, being very frustrated for herself. And then Elemental pa Masterpiece is her uh, finally... Creating a project that, uh, and and finishing a project project that she loves. Uh, then we have Dina Soulsteeper in Witherbloom. Uh, she is a dryad who uh, makes tea with uh, all kinds of things, as you'll see. Uh, Hunt for specimens and deadly brew. Talk about her search for living ingredients. Uh, people love her teas as long as nobody thinks too hard about the things she's putting in them. It's very creepy, gothy vibe. Story ends with Infused with Vitality, where she uh, shares a uh, healing tea with Killian. You know, in spite of the creepy gothness, uh, is kind and likes helping people. Um, so she kind of embraces the uh, the death and the life of the biomancy med students and then there's quintorius field historian who's a loxodon uh he's in the lorehold college and uh he begins his young adulthood in a military academy in the card expel which should give you a hint as to what happens to him in the military academy he loves history and can't be bothered to like think about things like battle tactics or like martial prowess so the military kicks him out uh and he joins uh lorehold so in stonebound mentor he is absorbing all this historical information really excited dude loves to listen to these spirits talk about the ancient times uh you know he has big ears good listener um and then thrilling discovery is uh Quintorius discovering the lost city of Xantafar. Um, the Loxodons on uh, Arcavios, uh, the plane Strixhaven is on, uh, are nomads. Um, and, you know, Xantafar was their ancestral home that has been lost to the eons. And uh, Quintorius is part of the team that re rediscovers it and um, gets to learn all about his own people. I think he's just the goodest boy. He is so... His flavor text is so full of, like, wonder and excitement and... I just, I like this character a lot. He's very nice. He's bright and happy and joyful. Um, 
I I like him a lot too. Uh, he and Rutha are the two that I had really strong emotional connections with uh, when I was writing for the set. I I, I wrote creative text uh, for Strixhaven, and uh, yeah, I I like Quintorius a lot. And then we have Zimone, Quandrick's prodigy. Um, obviously, she goes to Quandrix. Uh, she is the, uh, the, you know, the kid genius prodigy. She is much younger than other college-age students. Uh, you know, she is, she is a younger teenager, um, but still smarter than most of the people at Quandrix. Uh, so we have Eureka moment and solve the equation where she is, she is solving problem, mathematical problems that have stumped uh, mages for who knows how long and uh she's just this she's just showing people up and uh the auric uh this this evil cabal of mages uh stalk around strixhaven and try to convince students to come join them uh and so uh they they you know zimone uh becomes a target of theirs for recruitment and uh decisive denial is her answer where she just beats the crap out of an auric grunt and uh, that's that's a pretty pretty definitive uh, answer to their little pleas of oh come join us we're great you'll love it here. She blinded them with science. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not crazy about the name of decisive denial. Like, I don't know. Maybe you could like Bazinga. That might be good. <sighs> and then you get like the full young Sheldon secret lair tie-in. Um, very hot show. A lot of people watch it. I don't even want to respond to this. So let's just move on. <laughs> uh, our big villain of the set, Extus Auric Overlord. Uh, Extus Nar is uh, was a student at Strixhaven. Uh, thinks Strixhaven is stinky and uh, thinks they're really messed up for hiding forbidden magics. Uh, you know, magic isn't for enlightening of minds. It's for power and dominance. And uh, he has this great evil plan, which is make Arcavios great again. Uh, he wants to awaken something called the Blood Avatar and uh, send Arcavios back to the Blood Age, an era of brutal, total war and destruction. And that's not cool. The back, he's also an MDFC, and uh, the back face of his card is Awaken the Blood Avatar. So uh, things kind of go right for him for a little bit before he gets thwarted. There's another legendary creature in the set that's not one of the Deans, which we'll talk about in a second. And uh, he's a legendary artifact. Um, his name is Cody. He's the kind of school mascot. He's uh, the Vociferous Codex. Uh, he's also very cringe, is I think the term the youth are saying these days. Um, and I think that's appropriate because all college mascots are extremely cringe. They're saying crunge now. Oh, well... Uh, Speaking of college mascots, uh, funny enough, my college mascot was also named Cody, and he was uh, a, a Cody the Cougar, and we got a lot of jokes about, you know, cougars and haha, that's uh, older married women who, you know, are attractive, and I'm like, well, Cody's not that attractive unless you're a furry, in which case, Cody was very attractive. Oh, I, I thought you had switched <laughs> over to talking about the book for a second, I was like, I didn't know they were in the books. No. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I think it's I think it's decisively like the worst legendary creature. Like I do hate this card. <laughs> it's awful. And there's no reason. Like I don't know he could be the <laughs> nicest soul in the story, but like I hate this. This is like a visceral feeling that you kind of get when you see a anthropomorphic book. It's like Clippy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that very same clippy. primal hatred. 
Oh, uh, we also got a cycle of um, all the deans for all the colleges. Like we were thinking of well, how many legendary creatures are there in this set? Uh, and there are 10 of them uh, that are the deans of the colleges. They're dub- modal, modal double face cards, just like with um, uh, the, the rest of the modal double face cards in the set. Um, they have <laughs> one dean on each side. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, they have one dean on each side of the card. Uh, so, for example, like Witherbloom has uh, Valentin, Dean of the Vein, who's the front side, and Lisette, Dean of the Root, on the back side. And the thing that I find particularly interesting about the deans, you, we talked a lot about them in the the flavor, the like world building episode for for Strixhaven. But um, one thing I find very interesting is their creature types. Chris, we didn't do a world building episode for Strixhaven. We didn't. Okay. We, we talked about them a little bit. We were setting up the story for Strixhaven and how the two mana colors in each college kind of conflict and the two deans are, you know, sort of in conflict with each other about how they approach them. Um, but the thing I find particularly interesting is the creature types. So Mark Rosewater set up a little while back uh, explaining to people how on his on his blog, the five spellcasting like creature types that they've created and split into the five different colors. And this became a big thing with Eldraine, where we had the Warlock uh, shown to us. And Warlock is Black's characteristic casting type. So there's Warlocks in Black. Uh, in uh, red, we have Shamans. and green, we have Druids. and white, we have Clerics. And in blue, we have the classic Wizard. And that's true for all of the Deans of the colleges. So uh, Valentin, Dean of the Vein, is a Vampire Warlock. And then... Uh, Ambrose Silverquill, or Ambrose, the Dean in Silverquill, he is a warlock as well. Um, and if you look through all of the different cards for the set, there's actually little cycles in them as well. So like uh, the modal double-faced cards, uh, will the blue ones will always be on one side is the wizard. If there's like a red one on the back side, that's a shaman for the deans. But then also among the, the double-colored cards in the set, you know which one has like there's like a cycle of the uh, of the two color creature cards, sorry, that are the um, mages for that particular college, and then there's the pledge mage, and those are either warlock or cleric for black white, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just think it's really interesting, and the deans follow that pattern. And there's still more legends in the set, but we're not going to talk about them because they're not important. And we're going to move on to regular cards, uh, starting with secret rendezvous, because they're. They're lesbians. Flavor text. Strixhaven's five colleges encourage natural rivalries among the students, but some bonds transcend all barriers. Lesbians on a date under a star arch. Uh, my headcanon, so it's a Silverquill student and a Lorehold student. My headcanon is uh, the Silverquill student is, has, is holding a piece of uh, parchment with a uh, cuneiform on it. And uh, I want to believe that it's a uh, the Silverquill girl wrote a poem for her Lorehold girlfriend, but then tried her best to translate it into cuneiform for her archaeology boo. And uh, I think that's adorable. That's my headcanon. My first flavor gem for this set. And also, like, it's Journey to the Oracle, which is an interesting card because it's one of the modal double-faced cards. But... Like, it's, it's amazingly basic in its flavor. Like, all you're doing is putting a whole bunch of lands on the field, and then um, you get to return it to your hand if you control eight or more lands. But the fact that is that once it's returned to your hand, you can actually play the oracle, and then you can bounce the oracle to revisit her. And 
just keep doing the cycle over and over again. I just think it's like it is one of the simplest uses for storytelling on a modal double face card, and I'm surprised that it hasn't been done sooner. But I also love that it exists because it is just like the perfect merger of flavor and gameplay where you get to go visit her as many times as you want. Obviously, it doesn't get much more useful as you're just dumping land cards from your hand. But the fact is that you can just be able to bounce this at any time. Our next card is Dragon's Guard Elite. Uh, this is a small little world building card. So the Elder Dragons don't spend a lot of time around Strixhaven. And they don't spend a lot of time out in the world. They're, they're Elder Dragons. They're aloof. Uh, they kind of have their own things going on a lot. Um, but there's this group of mages called the Dragon's Guard, which is like, they're not cops, but they're sort of cops. But it's like, if you had like a community-minded group of enforcers, that's like what the Dragon's Guard are. Uh, they they are extraordinarily powerful and wise and mostly bene benevolent mages uh, who go all around the vast lands and either recruit people for Strixhaven. Um, you know, they fight the Auric. They help out around towns. They're just like the big, cool, fancy thing that like probably a lot of students at Strixhaven want to grow up to be. It's very prestigious to be a Dragon's Guard. I'm kind of sad we only have one Dragon's Guard in the set, but um, it's a thing I wanted to point out. Uh, and then we have one of my absolute favorite cards in this set, which is just here because it's individually, I think, an awesome flavor package. Uh, Leech Fanatic, who has flavor text. Uh, it's a quote from the character in the art. Everyone thinks that leeches maintain a strictly sanguivorous diet, but in fact, most freshwater leeches are carnivores. Wait, where are you going? Because nobody <laughs> wants to hear about leeches. And that is very personal to me as someone who fucking loves worms and leeches. They're very cool. Um, also as someone who has ADHD and info dumps about special interests a lot, the big, I'm gonna, I'm gonna info dump at you and I hope you stay and listen, but most people don't, is like, there's comedy in this flavor text, but it's also really real sometimes. Maybe Leech Fanatic should start a podcast. Uh, that's <laughs> what I did. <laughs> and now I have a bunch of suckers listening to me talk all the time anyway. It's great. Um, but that, that was one of my favorite, like, little cards. This is, like, a dinky little common. I don't need, I'm not even sure this is even good and limited. It's a two-mana two-two that has lifelink when it's your turn. Um, it's mediocre. But, like, not to toot my own horn, but I, I love, the thing I love about Magic's creative text, its name and flavor text, is, is the ability those things have to breathe life into cards like this that most people aren't going to play, but still get to be, like, fun little packages to read, um. That is one of my favorite parts about this job is is we have so many comments and so many of them are junk, but every single card in a set has to be special to me. I, I like cards like this. So we're, we're not going over all the story spotlight cards in the Flavor Gems because one, uh, there's a bunch of them. Like There are 15. They are no longer just like doing five or so. This, there's 15 of them in this set. Um, they all cover like a wide range of events and also... Um, we're going to talk about them when we, you know, talk about the story. But one card that caught my fancy is Practical Research. It is a story spotlight featuring Rowan and Will in uh, the, the Biblioplex. And the flavor text is, The twins each research spells to defeat Extus in their own way. Will hit the library. Rowan hit everything else. 
Um, which is very funny in keeping with their character. But the art is so excellent because the look on Will's face and his hair, he looks so exasperated. He's just covered in books. He's having trouble with a spell. And I just, I can relate strongly to that feeling. And then there's Rowan next to him, just looking like she's having a fun time. Summoning up some sparks, just chilling. No books in sight. Just vibing. Just vibing. Speaking, though, of the Biblioplex. Next flavor gem is the Biblioplex, which is partially inspired by one of my favorite cards, which is Library of Alexandria, which was originally printed in Arabian Nights quite a while ago. The reason I like this card is because I, I like land cards and I like utility land cards, but this one perfectly captures the instant or sorcery theme that you kind of have going with the Mystical Archive anyway, where you're actually getting to just peek at the top card of your library and see if it's an instant or sorcery, so put it into your hand. But it does a callback to Library of Alexandria by having, you can only activate this ability if you have seven cards in hand, or alternatively zero cards in hand, because I feel like seven cards would probably be, you know, too (laughs) too punishing. (laughs) Library of Alexandria is just like one of those challenge cards in my mind where like you have to have the perfect sequence to be able to continue to take advantage of it. And I think the Biblioplex gives you that in a very, very interesting way. Um, you're more likely just going to dump your hand, so I feel like the seven cards is maybe trinket text at this point, but I think it's very fun as a callback to that original card. Next up, we have Lorfhold Excavation, uh, which uh, mills you at your end step and uh, does some stuff and then lets you exile creature cards from your graveyards to make the 3-2 spirit tokens. Uh, And it's just like a really fun mechanical design of an excavation site where you just kind of dig and grind your way through the dirt and every now and then you dig something up and i think it's just a good cute design after that we have test of talents um this is (laughs) this seems to be a story spotlight even though it is not in fact a story spotlight it is a counter spell where you get to search everything of your opponents to be able to pull out all copies of that spell i think it's interesting because like the art depicts kesmina obviously countering a punch spell you know this, <laughs> this classic punch instant and sorcery spells that you get from luca savage punch is uh a uh a sorcery it's not go. in luca's color pie though so but <laughs> it is perfectly fitting to kind of give you a glimpse at like what kasmina gets to do when she's just like studying planeswalkers we don't know exactly what her reason is for studying them but also the flavor of being able to like literally search through everything that your opponent has access to library graveyard hand just gives you an idea of their character which i think is like perfectly captured in test of talents there you go we're gonna have like a small little thematic section of things that are school things this is not a top-down school set uh this is actually a bottom-up enemy color set uh but one of the things that happens when you name and write flavor text for magic cards is that you get to lean into a lot of tropes uh, down the line, and uh, there, there are still a lot of school tropes in this set. Uh, and we're going to start with Bookworm, but R-U-R-M, the big, draconic, wiggly pals. Uh, <laughs> Bookworm is a massive 7-7, rampaging through the library with a flavor text. It takes devouring a book in one sitting to a frightening extreme, and it's just very funny. 
Uh, it's it's a good it's a good literal take on an idiom, and uh, I think it's cute. I think it's cute applies to a lot of cards in the set. <laughs> on the school theme, uh, this set introduces the learn mechanic, where you get to go find a lesson from your uh, your outside the game zone, which is your sideboard. Um, and uh, there's a whole cycle, kind of cycle, of introductory lessons. And these are common lessons, uh, with one exception. Um, but these are colorless sorceries and instants. Like, we haven't had colorless spells that weren't Eldrazi-themed or Ugin-themed in a long time. But I promise you, these spells have nothing to do with Eldrazi or Ugin, no matter what any conspiracy theorist might be saying on uh, the internet. Um, but the introductory lessons for the set are we have environmental sciences expanded anatomy introduction to annihilation and introduction to prophecy and mascot exhibition which is actually a mythic but the reason that i put it amongst these cards is that these introductory lessons are colorless and they feature first year students at strixhaven because these are your core classes uh and then uh mascot exhibition is just you know it's all of the classes you get to you get to pick which one you're going to go to which college you're going to take um, I like the Inklings a lot, personally. I think they're very cute. Yeah, uh, Strixhaven does uh, your your first year, you take classes in all five colleges, uh, do a bunch of gen ed stuff, and then you pick a major, basically, and, and go to a specific college. Uh, so, yeah, this, this was one of the things I thought was also really cute. Next up, we have Double Major, which I... It is... It is like one of the most perfect flavor cards because you just get to keep, <laughs> create a copy of something um, and do whatever you want with the other copy and be able to keep diverging on their own paths. But I think it's like it pones back to one of my favorite commander stories, which is Riku of Two Reflections, which is just mm-hmm. like he couldn't decide on which field of magic to study. So he literally just does both. I know this one's Quandrix, so it's likely just fractals and more fractals but at the same time i think it's like interesting just to get this ability and also it's taking advantage of new rule well the recent rule which is that you can copy creature spells and you just get a copy or a token copy in that case yep uh this is uh very specifically one of the cards where it existed and we were able to give it a very appropriate thematic name uh in addition to that card, I'm just going to go list off a whole bunch of school trope card names that uh, exist, got to get to exist in this set. Uh, Academic Probation, Detention Vortex, Dueling Coach, Eager First Year, Semester's End, Star Pupil, Study Break, Multiple Choice, Pop Quiz, Reject, Snow Day, Flunk, Go Blank, Academic Dispute, Enthusiastic Study, First Day of Class, Hall Monitor, Heated Debate, <laughs> Tome Shredder, which is a dog ate my homework joke. Field trip, honor troll, which is a pun on on a roll. Body of <laughs> research, closing statement, cram session, teach by example, campus guide, letter of acceptance, spell satchel, aka backpack, and archway commons, which is your university quad. And yes, this set was very fun to work on. I feel like this set was a gift to all future card name uh, writers because it's like, look, we didn't take any of the like normal magic-y names for stuff all right <laughs> like field trip is not going to be the name for another spell anywhere else 
that is one of the really powerful things about um, using resonance as scaffolding for building magic worlds. Uh, we got to name a bunch of spells in ways that no other world is going to take. You know, when we have Zendikar, uh, there's just, a, other than like proper nouns, because like every world has proper nouns and can take card names with proper nouns. But like Zendikar, most of the spells are going to have like pretty generic fantasy names. Uh, stuff that you might find in D&D, one of the broadest, most generic fantasy games out there. You know, Innistrad can be, like, a little more honed with horror tropes. Card names, like, from under the floorboards get to exist on Innistrad. For for Strixhaven, we get words like semester that get to appear in a card name. That wouldn't happen anywhere else. I, I really love when Magic does really focused, resonant world-building like this from a writing perspective. Gives us a lot of really good, meaty stuff to grab onto. Uh, from a player perspective, you know, it gives Strixhaven a really tight identity. Uh, you can look at his card and know it's a Strixhaven card. That's kind of the big upshot of this whole section of card names. Yeah, my um, my next flavor gem is kind of pulling on that other card names you will never see anywhere else. Uh, and this is Professor of Zoomancy, uh, who is just a common, uh, but most importantly, it's a bear druid. This is a, a bear wearing robes and, like, covered in spell pouches. Uh, spell pouches. Um, he's got a monocle got on. <laughs> he's uh, he's teaching a class uh, in Witherbloom College, and he is just adorable. Um, I love the fact that we have bear druids, like these, like, totally sapient bears teaching classes. Also, notedly, uh, this is a Witherbloom professor. We know from the story... That uh, Professor Onyx, who I'm sorry to break your joke, is Liliana Vess. Um, she attended this college. She was a student in Strixhaven in Witherbloom, which means at some point in time, Liliana Vess had to have a sit-down talk with a professor who was a bear. Just get that image in your mind. It's it's perfect. I will say um, you have misgendered this character because I, I would like you to read the flavor text. Oh, she's brilliant, if a bit overbearing. I couldn't remember if this was the the, uh, the legendary one or the legendary one. Couldn't remember, but yes, this is this is a, a lady bear or a bear that uses she/her pronouns. But also, uh, a bit overbearing is um can't have a bear without a pun. Our next flavor gem is Dreamstrix, which is probably my most basic entry into this list i just like it it is flying when dream Strix becomes the target of a spell sacrifice it when dream Strix dies learn you literally just get to learn from something you remembered from a dream like it is the, uh-huh. it is the perfect encapsulation of like dream like inspiration outside of theros that had the actual inspire mechanic so there you go god i wish that mechanic didn't suck yeah, yeah, it would have been would have been really cool in an Ashiok theme set. Who knows? But. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And next up is Conspiracy Theorist, which adorable. So this card, uh, whenever you discard one or more non-land cards, you may exile one of them from your graveyard. If do you do, you may cast it this turn. Uh, Conspiracy Theorist lets you cast cards as if they had madness. <laughs> Boom. That's the joke. Uh, it's a good one. Um. <laughs> our next uh, our next flavor gem is uh, Strixhaven Stadium. This is like the the Mage Tower sporting stadium at Strixhaven. It's got some really excellent art. Uh, what I love about this artifact the most 
is that it creates a little sub game in your game of magic. And I love when that happens because uh, first of all, it's flavorful because it's a stadium, but second of all, it makes it feel like you've now entered into a sporting event. Uh, so this card, you put a uh, point counter, which there are point counters, which is great. Uh, you can tap it for a colorless mana and put a point counter on it. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from it. Uh, and whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, you put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Then if it has 10 or more point counters on it, remove them all and that player loses the game. So it's like you get to play a little sub game and there's a loser and it's going to be your opponent. And if you control Strixhaven Stadium, you have a home field advantage because you can't lose that game. That is true. I'm going to end this section with... Um, so when we did our Kaldheim Flavor Gems, um, there, there was one card that stuck out to me above all else, and that was Frostbite because it was puns all the way down. We have another one of those in this set, and it's the card I want to end with. Uh, it's the card Square Up, which uh, the art shows a Quandrix Mage student with a bunch of geometric shapes around them, most notably a square. The It's a inst- two-mana instant um, that uh, target creature has base power and toughness 4-4 four, four until end of turn. And with a flavor text, sometimes the most radical thing you can do is think inside the box. Square up, as in you're getting ready to fight, but also squares, geometry, art has a square. Uh, the creature becomes a 4-4. Four, 4 four is a square number, and they are... Like, even even stats, uh, like all, all sides of a square, are equal. Uh, the most radical thing you can do, uh, a radical is another name for a square root, um, and think inside the box, because boxes are square. And it's just, thank you to Ad Hex Coordinator and all the editors and everyone who polished up this set for printing this version of this card, because I love it so much. People have noted that Strixhaven has a lot of puns and jokes in card names and flavor text. As someone who loves writing comedy more than anything else in my life, it's really nice to see, and I'm very happy I got to be part of this team. Strixhaven is really fun and lighthearted. It just it just brings a lot of smiles to my face to like I, I actually enjoyed going to Reddit during spoiler season to watch people's reactions to the flavor text jokes in this set. That's how much I have enjoyed having a lot of humor in a magic set. So uh, I actually enjoyed Reddit. Lorelai <laughs> says, we wholeheartedly endorse the use of our slash magic TCG. The most wonderful <laughs> oh. subreddit on the internet. Uh, <laughs> because we don't want to run any longer than we have to. Uh, we're going to move on to the mystical archive flavor gems. Yeah, so just a quick, my first one that stuck out to me is for Teferi's Protection, which is one of my favorite cards in Commander. I've got a lot of great stories from it. Um, but also it features Teferi uh, protecting uh, Zalfir. He's got his spell up. He's got the Phyrexians invading. He's got behind him an elephant, which is just, you know, it's just nice to see an elephant. Um, beautiful art, beautiful moment from Magic's history, and beautiful card to play in your Commander decks. Uh, it's only like 40 bucks. So, you know, normal card for or price for a piece of cardboard. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Mystical Archives represent spells that you would find in the Biblioplex, which is the largest library in the multiverse, set to contain every spell in the entire multiverse that has ever been created. The nature of the multiverse and Planeswalkers are relatively well known on Arcavios. Uh, well, at least in Strixhaven. I don't know about like a little village in the middle of Aslan somewhere. But, uh, you know, Teferi's Protection is a spell that exists, and they know about it on Strixhaven. Uh, the Frexian Invasion is an event that they know happened, and I think that's cool. But also, uh, 
my next card on here is uh, Approach of the Second Sun, which uh, is actually reflavored for Arcavios. Uh, it is not the uh, the Nicol Bolas themed Amonkhet one, uh, because Arcavios also has two sons, which makes it a really good reprint here. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, Arcavios formed when two planes smashed into each other. Uh, each one had a sun, and so now there are two suns in the sky, and which makes this just like th the perfect weird niche reprint, which I love when they find those. The next card is Compulsive Research. I just love the reflavoring of this in the Mystical Archives. The flavor text is, Every Planeswalker remembers the first time their mind touched the staggering vastness of the multiverse, and it was by Kazmina. It gets to transcend the original flavor a little bit, because its target player draws three cards, and that player discards two cards unless they discard a land card. Except this time you're discarding your home plane to be able to go to literally anywhere in the multiverse, which I just think is like an interesting twist for them to pull on. Such a, <laughs> not a throwaway card, but such a uh, underappreciated card up to this point. Next up is Claim the Firstborn. So... One of the things about the Mystical Archives containing spells and stories from all over the multiverse uh, is, uh, so, Claim the Firstborn was printed in Eldraine with the flavor text, The deal was struck and the favor had been done, and so, under the cover of night, the debt was paid. Which is an excerpt from a fairy tale book, Tales of the Fae, that exists on Eldraine. Well, fast forward to Strixhaven, where we have Will and Rowan Kenrith from Eldraine on this set, Claim the Firstborn is in the library. So the flavor text on uh, the archives version is a quote from Rowan. Will, they have a copy of Tales of the Fae here. Want me to read you a bedtime story? And so we just get this really fun flavor connection back to Eldraine with the characters from Eldraine with uh, a little bit of the uh, sibling humor between Rowan and Will. And uh, this is just like the kind of... This is, this is the only place in... All of magic past and future where this kind of joke, where this specific joke could be made. And, and it's, I just love it. I, I love that we got to do cool stuff like this. Speaking of uh, some flavor with Rowan, uh, Rowan and Will, uh, we also got a Mystical Archives version of the very popular, super played everywhere uh, card Revitalize, um, which is one of the white for an It was played in standard. It was. I know. I'm just, I'm just messing around. Um, White's life gain cards are generally uh, questionable. Um, but the fun thing about this card is the flavor text is Night Catherine closed her eyes, bracing herself for the end. When she opened them again, she stood triumphant over her foe. Uh, and this is from Thaddeus the Healer's Memoirs. Uh, Thaddeus the Healer's Memoirs were one of the books that Will was going to take with him to Strixhaven in the first story. I thought that was a really cool, really a cool connection. I didn't notice until today. I would kiss Night Catherine. <laughs> uh, next up is Crux of Fate. So the original Crux of... The crux of fate showed uh bolus about to choke slam ugin um in their fight on tarkir where uh in one timeline bolus kills ugin and the dragons go extinct uh but in the rewritten timeline sarkin saves ugin and uh this is this is like the i was about to say the crux of the timeline that's why the card's called crux of fate uh that's literally what the name means uh but but here we'll ignore the plagiarism issues in the art for now <laughs> but uh, the the art this card shows um, the positions of the Elder Dragons reversed, uh, with uh, Ugin on top and and Bolas in the less dominant position with the flavor text. One brother fought for the sake of the multiverse, the other for himself. The Elder Spell Parable. So this is War of the Spark. 
And I I like that we get the Ugin Bolas rematch uh, inverted. So Crux of Fate gets to go the other way. And, and I think that's really cool. The next card we have is Dark Ritual. The Mystical Archives reprint has new flavor text for attributed to incantations of Lindul. It is they, tish, they distrust my methods, but when they want results, who, whom do you think they seek? Quite the mouthful. Dark Ritual has probably one of the most quotable flavor texts for the original, which was Lushrak, my liege, grant me the power I am due from Ice Age, which was attributed directly to Lindul. I'm just happy there's more Lindul. That's all there is to it. Yep, we got to do cool things in the archive cards. <laughs> Speaking of cards with uh, references to other characters from Magic's past, we have a Doomblade. Very simple spell. Destroy target non-black creature. It's the reason your cards aren't very good, because they died a Doomblade. Uh, as the flavor text says, An angel can shine like the sun, inspire the weak, and even threaten victory over darkness. But in the end, it matters not for it still dies like any other pest. Ob Nixilis. Ob is a wordy boy. I love him for that. Uh, he is cruel and direct and uh, doesn't... He. I don't think he's capable of lying because I don't think he cares enough to deceive other people. He will just tell you he hates you and is going to kill you, and then we'll try to do it. Uh, but but he, he's, he's a wordy boy, and this is just a four-line way to say, I don't care about your angel, it dies to Doomblade. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is adorable. Yeah. Uh, my next card, my little flavor gem, uh, is another sort of reference to something else we already have in Magic, which is uh, from Harmonize. So the flavor text on this printing of Harmonize is, The bloody din of invasion faded, and silent song rang through the woods again. So this is a reference back to the uh, invasion. But most importantly, this is from uh, Song of Freilis, which is a Magic card. We have it. We have Song of Freilis, which is just fun. It's uh, it's from Dominaria. It's a saga. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was neat to reference a saga card that we have. The next card is Croson Grip, um, originally printed in Time Spiral. It has a new flavor text, which is on a world where time was torn asunder, destruction ruled the minds of all, attributed to multiversal meta histories. It's interesting that <laughs> there's a book documenting the events of Time Spiral within the Biblioplex, um, or at least touching on that in their studies of the multiversal meta-histories. But it's just, uh, I love the art on it too. It's just a nice um, acknowledgement of everything that went on in Time Spiral within, I mean, this fictional library. There you go. So one of my favorite things about the art in this piece is uh, all these split-second cards in the Time Spiral block had the same visual treatment where there was a hard cutting line that would split the art where... Uh, you would see the before and after of the spell in the same panel where as if you had like cut out a piece of the timeline because it just happens so fast. This printing of Cross and Grip keeps the same stylization in the art, but, you know, redoes it in the illuminated manuscript style. And I, I think that's very, very cool. And uh, my last flavor gem from the Mystical Archives uh, is D-Spark from uh, War of the Spark, as we are all familiar with it. Uh, this one has uh, art by Mark Tayden with an original drawing of Nicol Bolas in the art, um, <laughs> fighting off uh, the two uh, god pharaohs, uh, well, the the two dead god, uh, not god pharaohs, the two dead gods uh, who uh, god were eternals. eventually, god eternals, there we go, that's the term for them, uh, Oketra and Bantu, who were his downfall. 
I love this moment in magic history. I love this card. Uh, but most importantly, I love the fact that the flavor text is a tale of a tyrant being humiliated and losing all his power. I'm inspired already from Killian, Silver Quill Mage Student. Two thoughts there. Killian knows about Nicol Bolas. That's fun. Second thought there. I feel like he really hates his dad. Um, and it's coming through a little <laughs> bit uh, with his understanding of Nicol Bolas. Um, he's already inspired. So, yeah. Just love the card. Love the art. Shout out to Dispark, uh, one of our preview cards for War of the Spark. So, yeah. welcome back. <laughs> uh, and that's going to do it for Flavor Gems. This is uh, slightly longer. So, I am going to abdicate my time and final thoughts to my co-hosts uh my final thought is just that i have found a really wonderful candle company that i enjoy a lot and i just want to share it with everyone uh, cantripcandles.com just really great candles i've like bought like four or five of them at this point bought them as some gifts for friends too uh check them out i endorse them good stuff yeah not associated with the podcast they're not sponsored <laughs> gotta gotta let you know hashtag vorthos cast staff um my final thought is uh, it sucks to see our fellow vorthos podcast the Lorgoifs. um they're taking a break as they try to reassess how exactly they want to approach magic story going forward i want to urge any wizards people who listen to this podcast to please do anything like we just need increased communications and kind of reassurance in the community especially with regards to many, many missteps up to this point. And I think people will feel more confident supporting and creating content that is adjacent to Magic Story, which in turn promotes Magic Story to a wider audience, if there are clear efforts being made to communicate intentions very clearly with the Magic Story community. And especially when it comes to missteps with representation regarding War of the Spark Forsaken, and lately Killian stuff that is going on on Twitter. So there you go. I don't I don't know what it is about I kill the transitions. I kill the segues every time. Y'all have been setting me up <laughs> with the worst segues this year. I was like, swear to am. Uh, so listeners, hey, you listen to our podcast, and I suspect that if you listen to our podcast and have made it this far and haven't turned it off yet, you might like us. And if you do, you can head over to patreon.com slash the vorthos cast and uh donate and keep the podcast running uh we produce uh an episode every week and uh everyone who supports us on patreon gets access to our discord community where we have vorthoses from around the world recently been talking about strexhaven and uh this exciting new set and all the cards and we have ongoing magic story and if you want to get involved in all that uh we would love to have you uh, we also have a higher tier for uh, live listens. We record every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so if you are available at that time and want to get access to uh, the um, the podcast a couple days early and hang out with us before and after the show and chat a little sometimes, um, we, we also have a thing for that. Uh, but otherwise, uh, thank you all listeners out there. Uh, this has been the Vorthos Cast.